psst, quick. I just have to share with you this story about Frank. You see, one day Frank was starving and then he ate himself. <coughs> now Frank is still alive and he's even stronger than before. <coughs> This is because of a cellular pathway called autophagy. Welcome to the Body, Mind and Power podcast. I'm your host, Seamland. And in this episode, I'm going to explain to you what is autophagy and how it can help you to live a longer and healthier life. Do you want to know what it is? Body, Mind Empowerment. Get stronger, faster, smarter, quicker, friendlier, more helpful, more driven. Everything the body needs. Control your mind. When we know one thing, then it is that we don't know much about autophagy, but we still know something about it. So this is what we know about autophagy so far. So what is autophagy? Autophagy, or if we use like fancy science language, autophagocytosis, it translates from the ancient Greek word autophagus, which means self-digestion or eating of self. It's almost like self-cannibalism. Autophagy is a metabolic process during which cells dissemble and remove their dysfunctional components. You're gonna basically recycle cellular debris and you're taking out the trash. During the first findings, it was thought that autophagy was a hormonal response to starvation, but uh, recent research has shown that autophagy has many other roles in biology. There are many benefits to autophagy, such as reduction in inflammation, improved immune system, prevention of genotoxic stress, anti-aging and longevity, suppression of cancerous tumor cells, elimination of infectious pathogens and toxins, and overall youthfulness. Inability to cause autophagy has been shown to make rats fatter, less active, have higher levels of cholesterol, and impaired brain function. Compromised autophagy pathways, they're gonna lower the body's ability to eliminate and heal the organism from inflammation, accumulation of toxins, and parasitic infections. Autophagy is also quite a new thing in medicine and science. On the 3rd of October 2016, a Japanese researcher, Yoshinori Oshumi, was rewarded the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine for, quote, discoveries of the mechanisms for autophagy. His research is done in simple organisms like Baker's yeast, but the autophagy-related pathways, they've been found to be similar to autophagy in mammals and humans as well. So how does it work? When, when autophagy gets activated, the organelles of your healthy cells, they start to hunt out dead or diseased cells and then they consume them. They eat them alive. It's the survival of the fittest inside your body or much rather survival of the most healthiest. Autophagy is mediated by an organelle called the autophagosome, which combines with other cellular components like the endosome and lysosome. These parts they're going to form a double membrane around a cell that's going to be eaten. The autophagosome then dissolves the cell that is sentenced to death. It's literally like your organism's fight club, where they selectively select out the weak ones and they're going to beat them to death. Welcome to fight club. Where and how the autophagosome gets formed is currently a mystery for researchers. In yeast, it's been identified to occur when many ATG proteins converge, ATG proteins are autophagy-rated proteins. They're going to converge at a site that's called pre-autophagosomal structure, or PAS. Some equivalent structures have been located in mammalian cells as well. 
but detailed information about the PAS is still unknown. In my opinion, it's simply some sort of a mini collective consciousness that emerges when the organisms on the mitochondria detect the presence of autophagy in the system. This group is gonna converge together and they're basically gonna go hunt down some weak cells. That is handsome, Bork. But what triggers autophagy? Autophagy gets triggered most by nutrient deprivation. In yeast, starvation of nitrogen and other essential factors like carbon, nucleic acid, oxytrophic amino acids and even sulfate can activate autophagy to some degree. In plant cells, nitrogen and carbon starvation can also trigger autophagy. In mammals, Autophagy happens in various tissues in different degrees. There's macroautophagy in the brain, there's muscle autophagy, there's mitoautophagy inside the mitochondria, and overall cellular autophagy. So depletion of amino acids is a strong signal for triggering autophagy. But that depends on the type of cell and the amino acids because amino acid metabolism differs among tissues. Some proteins can actually trigger phase 2 detox pathways in the liver, which inherently are linked to mild autophagy and amino acids are used in different degrees in different tissues as well. There's a difference between autophagy in the liver and autophagy in the muscles and, you know, vice versa, protein synthesis in the liver and protein synthesis in the muscle cells. So it's all a matter of context. In vivo, it's thought that autophagy is regulated mostly by the endocrine system, particularly by insulin, which is a hormone responsible for shuttling nutrients into cells. Insulin suppresses liver autophagy by raising blood sugar and signaling the presence of nutrients. It's rarely that insulin gets elevated when your body is depleted of energy and it's usually is all most of the time simply high when you have like blo high blood sugar or you eat in something. Glucagon, which is the counterpart of insulin, releases liver glycogen to be burned for energy and that increases autophagy. Insulin and glucagon are constantly counterbalancing each other and most of the time glucagon signals the presence of nutrient deprivation which is the opposite of insulin. Both amino acids and insulin-like growth factors are regulated by the nutrient signaling of mTOR, or mammalian target of rapamycin. Suppressing TOR with things like rapamycin and CC1779 has been shown to induce autophagy in yeast and other animals. However, not all of the autophagy signaling happens through mTOR, because some amino acid signaling can suppress autophagy independent of mTOR. Even more, Recent reports have shown many other factors to be involved in autophagy regulation, such as NFKB, reactive oxygen species, calcium, AMPK, and many more. So, what I propose is to look at autophagy not as a binary on and off switch, but more of like a degree-dependent state that is mediated through how depleted and deprived the organism is. Because when your body is depleted and deprived of certain nutrients, then it has no other way but to mobilize the backup stores it has stored inside itself. You know, things like liver glycogen, muscle glycogen, ketone bodies, fatty acid tissues, mineral stores in your bones, stem cells, and also the weak cells. Your body is only gonna start burning off those weak cells if it feels the need to. You know, if you eat all the time, then there is simply no reason to be burning off those energy. So yeah, your body has to be depleted in terms of wanting to turn on autophagy and self-destruction. That's his stomach eating itself. But what stops autophagy? The main inhibitor of autophagy in muscles is a kinase called AKT. It can regulate autophagy mainly in two ways. One, a rapid regulation of mTOR activation. And two, 
a slower response of gene transcription via FOXO3 proteins. FOXO3 controls the transcription of autophagy-related genes, which mediate the effect of FOXO3 on autophagy. AKT activation blocks FOXO3 and autophagy. Those are some fancy science words and I'm not... I'm still learning about it all the time myself, so bear with me. Although there is still so much to learn about autophagy, current research is showing that most of the signaling happens through the pathways of mTOR and AMPK. mTOR, or mammalian target of rapamycin, is the body's master nutrient regulator that affects cellular growth, protein synthesis, and anabolism. It promotes the activation of insulin receptors and the creation of new tissue. AMPK, or AMP-activated protein kinase, is a fuel sensor that is involved with balancing energy-deprived states by maintaining energy homeostasis and mobilizing the body's backup fuel. It's basically the springboard or the go green light for autophagy. mTOR inhibits autophagy because it makes your body grow, whereas AMPK supports autophagy due to the energy-deprived state and it helps to burn your internal energy stores. When you are under nutrient deprivation, AMPK starts to inhibit cellular growth by suppressing the mTOR C1 pathway, which in turn forces the body to catabolize its weakest components. So AMPK can be thought of as the go-to green light for Fight Club as well. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. Autophagy is a catabolic pathway that makes you break down old cells. Although you're causing protein breakdown, autophagy itself is actually needed for muscle homeostasis. If you have poor autophagy functioning or your body doesn't know how to do it, then your body wouldn't be able to maintain lean tissue either. It's going to improve your body's ability to deal with catabolism and atrophy by promoting protein sparingness. A weakened or inadequate state of autophagy may contribute to aging and muscle wasting through sarcopenia. That's why it's incredibly vital for not only living longer, but also to age slower. If you have good autophagy and if you allow your body to conduct it very frequently, then you're going to maintain more muscle mass as you age and you're going to have better metabolic health, less cardiovascular disease and you're going to live longer basically. However, defective as well as excessive autophagy can lead to substantial muscle disorders and loss of lean tissue, which in turn can promote premature aging. So you want to balance it. You need these anabolic pathways like mTOR and insulin to build new tissue and to keep your cells alive. Without mTOR, you would die, basically. That's why strength athletes and bodybuilders they're so focused on supporting anabolism and preventing muscle catabolism by taking different amino acid supplements. And they're consuming foods that make them grow more. It's gonna support the aspect of building new tissue, but they're probably overdoing it. And they're definitely on steroids and such. That's a whole other story with, you know, potential consequences to their long-term health. And most people, the average Joe who is simply lifting weights and trying to live more optimally than... They definitely don't want to be even taking that many amino acids and uh, they don't want to be stimulating mTOR all the time. With that being said, a constant supply of nutrients and access to energy is going to inhibit the body's ability to induce autophagy and protect against catabolism. In fact, a constant circulation of both macro and micronutrients all the time is going to block their usage by making the cells less responsive to them because they're all the time so readily available your body becomes lazy in this sense you know if you feed yourself all the time and you gave yourself all the all the essential amino acids all the time 
then basically your body doesn't feel the need to upregulate its uptake and efficiency. Synthetic aminos, vitamins and minerals. It means that to actually absorb the nutrients you're feeding yourself, you need to go through periods of nutrient starvation and deprivation because you're going to become more sensitive to those nutrients afterwards again. That's why fasting is such a powerful tool. Whenever I do these longer extended 3-5 to five day fasts, then I can definitely feel that my body has become resensitized to both macros and micronutrients. I feel I have more energy. I actually build more muscle after the fast. I'm able to absorb the food much better. My gut is healthy. And in general, like, it makes everything more efficient, both my mitochondria as well as my metabolism. So my question is, are you living in overabundance? The human body has many built-in mechanisms for maintaining energy and nutrient homeostasis. An abundant supply of all the nutrients you need all the time would make your body less efficient at metabolizing them. You may be eating all the foods and getting all the vitamins, but because your body perceives their abundant presence in the near future, it expects it, it's gonna downregulate the utilization of them. And if you compare it to short episodes of starvation during which you're not getting all the macros and minerals, you're triggering a hormetic response that's gonna make you more efficient with the nutrients you receive after the fact. Fasting for up to 72 hours resets the immune system and it's gonna trigger stem cell growth, which are gonna actually make your body stronger than if you were to have an eating during the entire time. Stem cells are gonna reinvigorate your old cells and they're gonna become new members of your organism. Intravenous stem cells. It's like fasting opens up the valve of nutrients that are already stored inside my cells and allows me to allows me to actually use them. The problem is never not enough energy or not enough micronutrients inside your body. The problem is that the body doesn't want to get access to them. It's gonna hold them until the very last breath. It's literally gonna only mobilize them when you're really starving, like for 10 to 15 days and you're about to die. So that's why these extended fasts are a really great way to open up these valves and use those nutrients. And that's why it's also important to be like Frank, to starve and then eat yourself. Because an overabundance of supplies will inhibit your cells' potential to function properly. At my signal, unleash hell. Autophagy is essential to support skeletal muscle plasticity in response to endurance exercise. To activate the activation of autophagy during exercise, the activation of AMPK is also needed. AMPK regulates both protein synthesis and breakdown pathways. AMPK has a vital role in skeletal muscle homeostasis. It's activated by conditions of energy stress, including nutrient deprivation and vigorous exercise. Exercise performed in a fasted state shows a much higher increase in this pathway called LC3B2 compared with a fed state, which basically means this, that exercise done in a fasted state is gonna have a much better autophagic response. This makes sense as well because you'll be tapping straight into your body fat for energy instead of burning through the food that you ate. AMPK is the sensor that's gonna switch you over from burning glucose into fat as well. When activated, AMPK increases the flux of glycolysis and fatty acid oxidation, while at the same time it's gonna inhibit gluconeogenesis and fatty acid cholesterol synthesis. In addition, AMPK has been recently shown to be a critical regulator of skeletal muscle protein turnover. Protein turnover is the balance between protein buildup and protein breakdown over the course of the day. 
if your protein synthesis exceeds the amount of proteins that are being broken down, then you're in a more anabolic state. If your protein synthesis is lower than the amount of protein that is broken down, then you're gonna be more catabolic and you're gonna lose. So basically, if you're at a protein deficit and your protein turnover is lower than the amount you're breaking down, while at the same time your AMPK pathways are inactive, they're not turned on, then you're simply gonna lose a whole lot of muscle because your body doesn't have AMP activated. Versus if you were to be at a protein deficit and your protein turnover is lower than the amount you break down with AMPK activated, which basically means is that you're in ketosis and you're in autophagy, then you're gonna maintain your muscle mass because AMPK is activated and you're in a more protein-sparing state. Again, more evidence showing that the best way and the safest way to lose exclusively your body fat, not muscle, is to do it on a low-carb ketogenic state. Your body's always in a flux between anabolism and catabolism. You're growing and degrading. It's gonna happen during the entire 24 hours and you know, what, to what degree or to which direction you're gonna mostly head depends on the these pathways like AMPK, autophagy, mTOR and so on. Both of these ends of the spectrum are vital for a healthy life. You want to promote the growth and repair of your vital organs and muscles, but you also want to eliminate and break down the old worn out cells and metabolic debris. You want to take out the trash, you know. And when you look at the contemporary eating habits of eating three to six small meals a day, then <laughs> they're not really taking out the trash. And, you know, th those things begin to accumulate. Take out the papers and the trash. So how long does it take to starve, to activate autophagy? That's a very difficult question because, like we mentioned, autophagy happens in varying tissues in varying degrees. It's not as binary as you would think, like you turn on, you turn off, and that's the story. You have to be in a strict fast state to be in autophagy and so on. It's definitely not something you can hack very easily either, but, you know, there are some ways to do it. In general, suppressing mTOR and insulin will already begin to elevate autophagy in a dose-specific degree. Low blood glucose levels and depleted liver glycogen are indicators of energy starting to run low in the body. As the energy depletion continues, the body is gonna upregulate its metabolic pathways that are associated with burning stored fat for fuel, such as AMPK. Eventually, this is gonna lead to a ketotic state with elevated levels of ketones in the blood. Ketones are also been shown to have many anti-inflammatory benefits and they're gonna provide an alternative fuel source for the brain, which, which again is gonna protect against more catabolism. Although autophagy is usually accompanied by ketosis, you can still be in ketosis without activating autophagy and you can activate autophagy without being in ketosis. The reason is that of nutrient signaling and mTOR. Fats and exogenous ketones have a negligible effect on insulin and blood sugar, but they may still raise mTOR if you consume them in too large amounts and under the wrong circumstances. At the same time, you can see trace amounts of autophagy even while having fasted for 24 hours on a carbohydrate-rich diet. To really gain the benefits of autophagy, you would have to be fasting for over 48 hours to allow the stem cells and immune system to do their work. That's why I recommend everyone to fast for at least 3 to 5 days, 2 to 3 times per year. These extended fasts not only make you burn a lot of body fat, but they will also recycle the weak cells that are simply dragging you down and giving you potential issues like inflammation, oxidative stress and gut disorders. 
Stop! Stop it! The easiest way to promote autophagy is to fast and consume no calories for a few days. So, here are a few ways of doing intermittent fasting for health and longevity. First, fast and don't eat any calories for at least 16 hours every day. I actually recommend people to fast for the minimum for 18 and 20 hours a day because you really go into a fastest state in the middle of the night and if you think that you've been fasting for 16 hours then in reality you've been fasting for maybe like 12 or something which is definitely not enough to activate autophagy. Fasting for 18 and 20 hours isn't enough to activate autophagy either but it's at least going to deplete your liver glycogen, it's going to lower your blood glucose and it's going to keep you in mild ketosis most parts of the day. Secondly, keep insulin and blood sugar levels low. Carbs and some proteins are going to elevate insulin, which is going to suppress autophagy. That's okay in some cases, for instance, when you're trying to build muscle. But you don't want to elevate insulin and activate mTOR if you haven't caused any damage to the muscle cells. If you haven't worked out but you elevate insulin, then that signal will be more likely to accelerate aging and fat gain, not muscle growth. You want to keep your blood sugar and insulin low most of the time, even if you're not eating a strict ketogenic diet because it's going to promote longevity and it's going to make you more insulin sensitive whenever you do eat those carbs. So the best time to raise mTOR and raise insulin is in a post-workout setting and only like very briefly. It has to get in, do the job and get out so you can go back into autophagy faster. Third, don't eat too much protein or carbs. Too high levels of mTOR and IGF-1 they're gonna accelerate aging and promote cancer cell growth. With that being said, mTOR will definitely make you build more muscle. And it's a good thing, like we mentioned, there are different types of mTOR. You want to support mTOR in muscle cells and you want to suppress mTOR in liver cells, which will allow you to gain the benefits of both worlds. You want to maintain lean muscle mass for the longevity benefits and insulin sensitivity. And you want to have autophagy elevated in the other parts of your organism where it's going to have an additional benefit on longevity. You definitely don't want to be in a constantly anabolic state because it's going to have too high levels of protein turnover and it may mean that you're going to simply do more harm for you than you think. That's why it's important to practice intermittent fasting. Even if you are working out hard and you're trying to build lean mass, it's going to actually boost your performance and health by making you more sensitive to insulin and protein as well. Fourth, you should still do resistance training and eat protein. Like we mentioned, too much autophagy and too little mTOR will definitely be detrimental as you'll end up losing lean tissue. It's incredibly important to maintain your lean muscle mass as you age because, first of all, you need that muscle to protect yourself against, you know, falling off, falling off the stairs and breaking your bones. But also, muscle is a huge sponge for carbohydrates and calories. You're going to have a better metabolic rate as you age. You will be less susceptible to metabolic disease and you're going to have a generally healthier life. Secondly, it's also important because as you become older, your rates of protein synthesis and growth hormone are going to naturally decrease. So it's much better to build some muscle when you're young and then maintain it as you age because it's, it's going to become increasingly more difficult to maintain and build muscle when you're old. That's why it's super important to keep exercising with resistance training and to still be consuming protein. I myself deliberately try to activate mTOR after doing resistance training to promote muscle growth and recovery. So here's my strategy for gaining the benefits of both autophagy and building muscle with mTOR. First of all, I'm going to fast as long as I can every day. Secondly, I'm going to consume autophagy boosting foods like coffee, green tea, turmeric, chaga mushroom and others. 
Thirdly, I'm going to do resistance training in a depleted and low glycogen state to elevate growth hormones. Fourthly, after the workout, I'm going to consume some anabolic amino acids and protein like leucine, HMB and others. Fifth, after the workout, I eat an adequate amount of protein as a minimal effective dose to not overstimulate mTOR for too long. Sixth, after finishing my one meal a day dinner, I want to get back into a fasted state very fast by lowering my insulin with apple cider vinegar and some other supplements. Seventh, the next day I'm going to keep stimulating autophagy with aerobic exercise, saunas, rebounding and things like that. In my opinion, it's going to help me to gain the benefits of both worlds thanks to eating only one meal a day. It's going to increase my insulin sensitivity and protein sensitivity through the roof. I'll be simply absorbing those nutrients so fast and my body is simply gonna go back into semi-fasted state faster as well because of that. Autophagy fights against many viruses and pathogens, but there are no free lunches in nature, and uh, there are some viruses that actually use autophagy to replicate themselves rather than be eliminated by it. That's why it's important to, you know, take everything that we discuss in this podcast with a huge grain of salt, and to also look at all the studies with a skeptical mind, because it's indeed a very complex thing and we don't know much about autophagy yet. Autophagy all the time is definitely not ideal and it's not going to be good for longevity because it's going to have because it's going to have a point of diminishing returns. That's why you still need to balance it out with anabolism, muscle growth and mTOR, especially if you're physically more active. You need to support anabolism when you work out. Come with me. If you want to lift everything that stimulates the lymph system is going to have a carryover effect to autophagy as well the lymph system is responsible for microcirculation and flushing out the toxins inside your body sweating through exercise hot yoga heat saunas infrared saunas red light therapy rebounding bouncing around on your feet foam rolling everything that's going to keep your blood flowing can at least help with flushing out the toxins in your body and making the lymph flow faster you definitely want to get a good sweat on every day, whether through exercise, thermal heat, yoga, or even consuming some spicy foods. This is going to keep your detox pathways activated, and it's going to enable you to tap into autophagy faster as well. Foods that are said to be good for the lymph system are stuff like coffee, teas, cayenne pepper, spirulina, activated charcoal, cruciferous vegetables, medicinal mushrooms, and spicy herbs, which I myself consume basically every day. I can eat many things. Speaking of foods, let's talk about other ways of act activating autophagy without fasting and exercise. So I'm going to give you some of the autophagy boosting foods that are going to help with this cleansing and self-devouring. Sulforaphane is inducing autophagy through ERK activation in neural cells. Cruciferous vegetables and dark leafy greens like kale and broccoli, they have a ton of sulforaphane. Azuki bean extract has been shown to reduce oxidative stress and stimulate autophagy. Quercetin compounds induce autophagy. Foods high in quercetin are onions, pomegranate, red onions, cranberries. Garlic contains quercetin, but it specifically stimulates autophagy as well, so garlic is a superfood. Medicinal mushrooms like reishi and chaga induce autophagy and can fight cancer as well. They're also one of the highest antioxidants in the world, and they're incredible for the immune system. The beta-glucan signaling of these mushrooms is also connected to autophagy. Punicalagin is a compound found in pomegranates that promotes autophagy. Silibonin is a natural flavonoid that increases autophagy via mitochondria and the reactive oxygen species signaling. 
milk thistle has psilocybin in. Six shagal is a compound in ginger which induces autophagy by inhibiting the AKT and mTOR pathway. Resveratrol inhibits breast cancer stem-like cells and it induces autophagy. Resveratrol is found in dark grapes, berries, cherries and red wine. Everything that has these darker pigments and, you know, thick skins, darker skins, these polyphenols. Excess zinc can also support the stimulation of autophagy. Foods rich in zinc are oysters, liver, red meat, eggs, salmon, and pumpkin seeds. But you don't want to be over-consuming zinc either. Curcumin induces autophagy by activating AMPK. Piperine, which is a compound found in black pepper, induces autophagy. And it also boosts the bioavailability of curcumin, which makes it a double whammy. Tart cherry supplementation improves working memory hippocampal inflammation and autophagy in aged rats. Omega-3 fatty acids induce autophagy. DHA found in fish is also critical for cellular metabolism and mitochondrial functioning. Coffee induces autophagy and has benefits on cellular metabolism. Epigallagatin 3 galate or EGCG is a green tea polyphenol that stimulates autophagy. Ursolic acid induces autophagy and suppresses inflammatory responses. Apple skins, grape skins and berries have ursolic acid. And all the nutrients of any type of fruit or berry or any vegetable, they're mostly in the skin. Cayenne pepper has this compound called capsaicin that induces autophagy. Theobromine found in cacao and dark chocolate have protective elements on the mitochondria. Cacao is also one of the best sources of magnesium, which is another critical component to the mitochondria. Vitamin K2 has been shown to trigger both autophagy and apoptosis simultaneously in leukemia cells. Fenugreek extract can also induce cellular death by autophagy. Cranberry extract induces both apoptosis and autophagy in humans. Extra virgin olive oil and all the other polyphenols found in dark berries, dark leafy green vegetables and the herbs and spices. Caloric restriction mimics like berberine, tamarind and rapamycin also trigger autophagy. So these are this huge list of foods that are said to have an autophagic effect on your body and I definitely try to implement them into my one meal a day almost practically every day as well to keep my body vigorous in this sense. The idea of autophagy is to remove the old wasteful material in your body that is causing you chronic inflammation and disease. When you look at the overall principle or the metaphor of autophagy then it resembles self-digestion and breaking down. That same principle can be seen in your personal development, in the cycles of life and in nature as well. The mythological creature used in many stories of the past is, is the Ouroboros, the snake biting its own tail. And that's literally autophagy. You need to go through these periods of building up and breaking down, anabolism and catabolism, expansion and contraction, growth and death. You have to die to become reborn. You're gonna die. That, that applies to your cells, that applies to your purpose in life, that applies to your ego, your personality, your relationships, your surroundings, your household, whatever it may be, your habits, everything has to be recycled so that you could become reborn. I think like that is one of the main narratives that... I've been talking about in my own podcasts and uh, videos as well. Self-empowerment, body-mind empowerment, they're all self-devouring, self-destruction, self-rebirth and self-transcendence. So there are definitely some philosophical thoughts that you can take away from this episode as well. 
but coming back to autophagy related to your metabolism, then you don't want to be catabolic all the time because you have to balance it with anabolism and growth. The key is to have your autophagic pathways alive and well with these practices that we've been talking about here. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And that's why so many people, they're going to suffer from constipation, some autoimmune disorders, infections, toxicity, obesity, and rapid aging. I'm going to tell you like most issues or health problems that people have, whether that be inflammation or some gut disorders, they can be fixed with fasting because your body is really that intelligent. Your, your cells, they're going to simply go through this process of selectively recycling those cells and uh, you're going to mobilize a lot of the energy that you already have. And instead of trying out new diets, instead of you know sticking to old dogmas, instead of suffering, you simply have to let go, let go of what you've learned. You have to unlearn what you've learned already and start new, start anew, go through a fast, cleanse yourself and get back on the game. You must unlearn what you have learned. Like I said in the beginning of this episode, we don't know a lot about autophagy, but this is what we know so far. And we're going to be probably getting more research that are all going to connect autophagy with circadian rhythms, environmental toxins, artificial sweeteners, moving around, exercise, diet, and uh, sleep. Tomorrow will be the most beautiful day of Raymond Castle's life. That's it for this episode. Make sure you click the like, subscribe. Leave us a review on iTunes, that's a huge, huge help. And, you know, whatever, whatever other platform you're using, everything helps. And it's, help gonna, and it's gonna help to spread the message. We wanna spread autophagy. We wanna spread the message of body, body mind empowerment, of biohacking, and becoming the be best version of themselves. Stay autophagic. Stay empowered.